This is Julie D. from NordoniaHills.News. The Cleveland Sports Show starts now. Hello everyone, happy Saturday. Welcome to another edition of the Cleveland Sports Show where I am very excited to be talking about um, some awesome opportunities that I've had this past week um, with the NBA. But let's get you on your sports fact of the day first. Today is Saturday, November 30th. On this day, all the way back in 1941, led by quarterback Sid Luckman, the mighty Chicago Bears score 49 points in the second half alone to defeat the Philadelphia Eagles 49-14 at Scheib Park in Philadelphia. The Bears enter the clash with an 8-1-0 record, while the Eagles are 2-6-1. Initially, um, the Eagles delight the crowd by taking a 14 to nothing halftime lead, but Chicago then erupts for a 21-point um, third quarter and then a 28-point fourth quarter, which then tied, um, or excuse me, then a total to 49 points. Uh, and those 49 points are still the NFL record for the uh, most points in one half by a team. Lots of history made. Um, on this day in 1941, all, of course you have the comeback alone, but then 49 points alone in one half is definitely a feat to overcome. And who knows, maybe those Browns this upcoming Sunday can pull off a phenomenal half of football. But we'll get to Browns talk in a little bit here. I want to update you with Premier League standings. Liverpool are still in first place by 8 points, still have a comfortable margin there. Manchester City, Leicester City, and Chelsea take the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th spots. Manchester City and Leicester City are tied um, at 29 points, um, respectively, for each team. Uh, Manchester City with one more loss than Leicester City. Um, However, um, due to the fact that they have each have 9 wins and true draws, as well as the goal differentials, that uh, takes into place as well, giving Manchester City the upper hand in that category. Leicester City, or um, excuse me, Chelsea, uh, taking in 13 matches so far, eight wins, two draws, and three losses for Chelsea on the season for 26 points. Um, the Wolves come in at 19 points at four, seven, and two. Sheffield United, Burnley FC, Arsenal, and Manchester United round out that top nine for you this week in the Premier League. And we did have a few games today. Newcastle and Manchester City tied 2-2 in their Premier League battle today. Liverpool and Brighton matching up. Burnley FC, Crystal Palace, Chelsea taking on West Ham, Tottenham and Bournemouth, Southampton, Watford, Norwich City, Arsenal tomorrow. Um, The Wolves taking on Sheffield United also tomorrow. Leicester City and Everton is tomorrow as well as Manchester United and Aston Villa concluding tomorrow's action in the Premier League. So we will definitely keep you up to date with those standings and um, in our following episodes of the Cleveland Sports Show. But I was talking about the Cavs um, a few minutes ago, and we'll, I'll get into my opportunity that I had with them towards the end of the show Let's get on with what actually happened with the Cavs this week. We'll start last Friday, November 22nd, where the Cavs decided 
to give up 143 points against the Dallas Mavericks, scoring, uh, excuse me, conceding 82 total points in the third and, or second and third quarter combined. It was just a defensive mess for the Cavs. They followed that loss heading back to Cleveland on the second night of a back-to-back against Damian Lillard and the Trailblazers. So where, if you look on paper, many people think that the Trailblazers have this game in the bag easily. But the Trailblazers, ladies and gentlemen, have had a very, very sluggish start to the season. Very disappointing start for the Trailblazers. And the Cavs kept it competitive with them. I don't know if the Trailblazers were just off or they're just not clicking with Carmelo Anthony. But the Cavs eventually pulled away in the fourth quarter, winning the match uh, 110-104. to um, Cavs have lost eight of their nine um Eight of their nine games, now nine of ten with that loss last night to the Bucks. Um, we'll get this past Monday the Cavs um, losing to the Nets and Spencer Dinwiddie in the final seconds, one hundred eight to one hundred six was the final score in that game. Cavs gave up twenty seven um, points in the fourth quarter um, after scoring twenty four of their own in the third. And as I mentioned, Spencer Diddy, uh, Dinwiddie of the Nets was fantastic. No Kevin Durant, obviously. No Kyrie Irving. He was still out with a right shoulder injury. But uh, there were still key players for the Nets who stepped up. Uh, former Cavs player Joe Harris, uh, in 33 minutes, splashed in 19 points to go along with 6 rebounds. Torian Prince, a former member of the Hawks, 18 points in 33 minutes, 4 assists, and 6 rebounds. Jared Allen came up huge for the Nets um, on the glass with 21 rebounds to go along with 22 points as well. And Spencer uh, Dinwiddie, with 1.6 remaining in the game, hit the go-ahead bucket for Brooklyn to give them <coughs> sorry for Brooklyn to give them a 108 to 106 victory. Only two players in the entire game for the Cavs against the Nets scored at least 20. That was Jordan Clarkson with 23 points in 26 minutes, of course. And Larry Nance Jr., who really has been improving overall on the defensive side, um, rebounding, snatching balls away, getting those um, boards off the glass. Uh, His three-point shooting has also been extremely impressive. Not, of course, you know, like a splash brother. You know, we're not going to put Larry Nance at shooting guard now. But definitely a key um, asset that will help the Cavs secure some wins possibly, and also keep their games a little bit more competitive than we would think. Kevin Love did not play uh, this past Monday against the Nets. Colin Sexton and Darius Garland combined for 29 points uh, against Brooklyn. Um, However, it was just too little too late as the Cavs, who kept it competitive throughout the match, just were not able to succumb to or sorry, we're not able to compete with Brooklyn's veterans in those final seconds, giving up that bucket to Dinwiddie. The Cavs then followed it up with a turnover-ridden game against the Orlando Magic. How many turnovers, you ask, were there for the Cavs? Twenty-five total turnovers for the Cavs against the Magic. One, uh, it eventuated in a 116-104 to loss. 
the Cavs giving up 32 points alone in the second quarter, um, getting outscored by the Magic um, in the second and third quarter um, by seven in each of those quarters. Cavs scored 31 points in the fourth. Tristan Thompson uh, scored 13 against Orlando. Colin Sexton has been consistent, getting around 18 to 20 per game. Had 20 on Wednesday night in 32 minutes. Darius Garland is ever-improving, 16 points in 31 minutes. Larry Nance Jr. didn't have his best game with only 11 points. Those were really the only uh, aspects of the game that stood out for the Cavs. Evan Fournier was fantastic for the Magic, 30 points in 39 minutes. Markel Fultz, we see he's starting to grow in Orlando, the former overall number one pick in the 2017 NBA Draft. Um, 15 points in 28 minutes. Mo Bamba and Terrence Ross combined for 31 points um, and also combined for 46 minutes, uh, each player with respectively 23 minutes. Now, Larry Nance Jr. was asked by um, some media for the, from the Cleveland Cavaliers about that 25 turnover game on Wednesday against the Magic, but he took it a little bit more positively than many of us thought. Take a listen um, to what Larry Nance Jr. had to say after the Cavs coughed up the ball 25 times on Wednesday night. You know, we've been we've been stressing, you know, we've been stressing the pass a lot in practice, and uh, um, you know, I was just, we were just kind of telling the guys after the game, you know, there there are there are turnovers you can live with and turnovers you can't. Um, you know, unselfish turnovers we can live with. And, uh, you know, tonight I think we had a lot of those where um, I just appreciate that we are looking to make the right plays. And, and whether we made them or not tonight, you know, that's, you know, obviously we didn't complete the pass, but at the same time it's, it's progress that we're trying to make them and starting to see the right, the right looks. And the Cavs definitely were seeing the right looks last night in that third quarter against the Milwaukee Bucks. The Cavs score 42 points alone in the third quarter, a fantastic performance from from the Cavs. The last six or seven buckets from the Cavs were three-pointers um, scored by five individual players, such as Jordan Clarkson, Kevin Love. Nance hit a few threes in that quarter, looked fantastic. But before that third quarter, in the uh, first half overall, it was not pretty for the Cavs. They fell down by 22 at one point in the game and were down by 20 at halftime. The game looked all but over as the Milwaukee Bucks, who are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, just looked too powerful against the Cavs. Although the Cavs did come back in the third quarter, it wasn't enough as the Bucks were able to pull away um, with their stronger, tougher, and honestly bigger players against the Cavs. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Talk about big and tall. Uh, finished the night with 33 points and 32 minutes to go along with 12 rebounds and 2 assists. Uh, Eric, Bed uh, Eric Bledsoe and Dante DiVincenzo combined for 21 points for Milwaukee. George Hill had a terrific night. The former Cavs player had 18 points in 22 minutes. Um, Irsan Ilyasova and Robin Lopez also combined for 18 points for the Bucks. On the side for the Cavs, 
Only two players were able to get in at least 20 points for the game. Chetty Osman with 20 points in 38 minutes. And then Darius Garland had another strong night for the Cavs. In 35 minutes, he put up 21 points, 6 assists to go along with a rebound as well. Jordan Clarkson was had an off night last night. Only 8 points in 20 minutes. Tristan Thompson had 11 and Colin Sexton with 16 points last night against the Bucks. As I mentioned, the Cavs were outscored 38-29 in the first quarter. They were outscored then by 11 in the second quarter. After a 42-point quarter, as I mentioned, they were able to outscore the Bucks in the fourth quarter, 21-20. However, it was all a little too late as the Bucks just bigger, stronger, and faster to the ball. And we saw last night why they have the championship DNA of a number one seed in the Eastern Conference. And Coach Beeline, yes, was a little positive as well, just like Larry Nance was, even though they lost again. The Cavs have now lost nine of their last ten games, but that does not stop Joe, uh, Coach Beeline um, from praising his young squad, especially after the events of that third quarter. Take a listen to what Coach Beeline had to say. I mean, as it, as it turned out, nobody would have predicted that in the first half. It turned out to be a really good basketball game. And we hope that the people that, that spend their, their hard-earned money and time and to come in and watch this game enjoyed what I see this, this team can become over time. You know, one that has that can passes the ball, keeps the ball moving. The ball's not dribbled into into eternity, and uh, so that's where you get the 32 assists, 10 assists, and one turnover in the third quarter. And that's the way we got to continue to teach it to play. And it's hard. It's hard to do that because not everybody sees the floor like all of us do from that from up top. They don't see it like you see it on a video. And we're just teaching. We're going to teach that every day until we get better at it. And the Cavs certainly were better at scoring in that third quarter than they were the total uh, first half. In terms of the standings, the Cavs are 13th out of 15 in the NBA's Eastern Conference at an to- overall record of 5-14. and 14. They've lost their last three. The Cavs are 1-9 in their last 10 games, um, as I mentioned, losing nine of their last 10 games. The Cavs overall are 3-7 and seven now, at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse and two and seven on the uh, on the road um, away from the confines of Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, the Cavs only one win so far in this current uh, homestand, where they have a total of six games. So the Cavs definitely looking to get at least two more wins before they head out on the road. Speaking of the schedule for the Cavs, they don't play again till this upcoming Tuesday, December 3rd at 7 p.m. against the Detroit Pistons. They'll be coming to Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Derek Rose, Blake Griffin, and the whole crew up from Michigan. The Cavs will then see the Magic again next uh, next Friday, December 6th um, at 7 p.m. That will be their final game before embarking on a two-game East Coast trip to Philadelphia and Boston, where they'll take on the 76ers and Celtics, um, before coming home to take on James Harden and the Houston Rockets. As I mentioned, uh, next game for the Cavs is against the Pistons at home at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse 
at 7 p.m. And hey, Browns fans, it might not be game day today, but it is definitely a big weekend for all of you Browns fans. Whether you're staying here in Cleveland or you're heading over to Pittsburgh at Heinz Field, there has definitely been a lot to cheer for, especially after their most recent win against the Miami Dolphins. And that's what Browns fans have wanted to hear these last few weeks. Baker Mayfield throwing that perfect pass to Odell Beckham Jr. for a touchdown. And the Browns just uh, started the game rolling against Miami at home and kept it that way. The Browns, uh, after the first quarter, were up 14 to nothing against Miami. And at halftime, the score was 28-3 to in favor of Cleveland. Um, at the confines of their own home at First uh, First Energy Stadium. Miami did come back a little bit, scoring um, another touchdown, or excuse me, their first touchdown of the game in the third quarter, outscoring the Browns 14 to nothing in that third, uh, but the Browns uh, poured uh, put on the gas again, 13-7 fourth quarter in favor of Cleveland, eventuating in a 41-24 win for the Browns. Now, the Browns will be heading, as I mentioned, um, this week to Pittsburgh at Heinz Field to take on the Steelers. Hopefully, we don't have a helmet war like we did a few weeks ago at First Energy Stadium. Hopefully, everyone's helmets can stay on and actually serve their purpose. But the Browns are heading in to a, um, to a game against the Steelers, who just defeated the Cincinnati Bengals in their most recent game. The Steelers are 6-5, and five, and they are 4-2 and two, um, at the confines of Heinz Field. So it'll be tough, a tough atmosphere for the Browns, and especially with the events that have occurred these last few weeks, you can assume the Pittsburgh fans are not going to give the Browns a warm welcome to Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. But let's get a, um, an analysis of this Week 13 NFL matchup between the Browns and Steelers by some of the NFL's best analysts. Let's take a listen. The rematch is already here. The Browns going on the road this time to take on the Steelers, who still have hopes of postseason play dancing in their heads. Predictions on round two in a moment, but before the bell rings, let's peruse a few stats. Since they literally just met up in week 11, you don't have to dig too deep to know that if the Steelers want to redeem themselves, they have to get better play from their QB position than they did in that first matchup. Passes behind and picked! Mason Rudolph threw four picks in that game and was sacked four times. His poor play in that game bled over into week 12, too, so much so that he was replaced by Devlin Hodges. But no matter who they have back there, they can't put up a performance like Rudolph did in that Thursday night game if they expect to win this time around. That could be a challenge, though, if Juju Smith-Schuster is out again. He missed their win over the Bengals last week due to a concussion and knee injury. But even if he's healthy, you'd expect the Steelers to try and run the ball more. They only ran it 16 times against Cleveland while throwing it 44 times. Their run game actually showed some signs of life in Week 12, too. Benny Snell picked up 98 yards on 4.7 a pop, and you'd expect them to turn to him quite a bit this week because the Browns are one of the easiest teams to run on. They've been giving up a hefty 4.8 yards a carry on the ground, stopping the run by far its biggest weakness on defense. 
The same is not true of Pittsburgh, though. They've held ball carriers to less than four yards a carry on the season, and they did the same to Nick Chubb in Week 11 when he had to carry the rock 27 times in order to rack up the 92 yards he finished with. With that said, though, don't expect them to shy away from Chubb and company in Round 2. Chubb ran for 106 yards and a score last week, averaging 5 yards a run. Plus, Kareem Hunt's role in the offense is growing. He averaged 4.6 yards a carry on 8 runs while also finding the paint once last week. And the bottom line is, when they stay committed to the run game, it does wonders for Baker Mayfield's game. Mayfield goes deep for the end zone. Oh, down back up. He's got it! It's a Cleveland touchdown! Mayfield has put up a passer rating of 92 or better for three straight games now, and the Browns, not coincidentally, have won three straight. And again, the Browns weren't overly efficient on the ground versus Pittsburgh, but they were committed. Mayfield threw the ball less than he handed it off in their win over the Steelers. So who takes the rematch? Tensions will be high, and so will the stakes. The bell is rung. That means it's predictions time. On third and goal, Mayfield... Into the end zone and caught for the touchdown, Carlson. And to be more specific on those predictions for you, it is a great week for predictions for the Browns. Three, all three of the um, NFL analysts for the week predicting this game have the Cleveland Browns heading into Pittsburgh and winning this game. Um, Twenty-eight to seventeen is one prediction. Twenty-one to seven, another. The final of 24 to 13. So rather convincing victories are hopefully um, in uh, the balance for the Browns tomorrow. To be more specific on the NFL standings, the Browns have won three in a row. As mentioned, they're five and six and for uh, their overall record, three and three at home. They're two and three on the road, looking to um, get to 500. Um, for their road record with a win tomorrow over the Steelers. The Browns will be taking on the Steelers tomorrow. 1 p.m. is game time for you Browns fans. On You can catch the game on CBS. Browns-Steelers tomorrow for um, on CBS at 1 p.m. Upcoming schedule for the Browns. Only four games left after tomorrow. They'll be um, hosting the Bengals and then heading out to Arizona to play the Cardinals um, before their final home game against the Ravens um, and then heading out to Cincinnati to face the Bengals for their final away game. And ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our episode this week of the Cleveland Sports Show. But before I go, I have some news that I would like to um, inform you all. Last night when the Cavs played the Bucks. Not only was I present at this game, but I was a, um, a member of the Cavs Media um, Network last night where I worked um, with um, some of the members of the Cavs radio group. I also was stationed in the Cavs Media area um, in the actual arena at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse where I viewed the game there and saw some of the stats and what the pregame rituals for some of these broadcasters include. I was also thankfully able to see a little bit of Coach John Beeline's pregame interview before the Cavs went up against the Bucks last night. I also got some pictures with some of Cleveland's 
renowned broadcasters such as John Michael, uh, Jim Jones, um, Tim Alcorn as well. Just a terrific experience for me. I would like to say thank you very much to the Cavs uh, Media Network um, in giving me a wonderful tour and hosting me um, for this uh, phenomenal opportunity. Last night, I posted all the pictures on my Twitter account. You can see them there, and they will be posted very shortly on NordoniaHills.News. You can check them out there as well. I also did a um, did an episode, excuse me, with um, Tony Mazur on WAKR this week. We did our Center Court episode. Ray Horner was not in this week, therefore, um, Tony Mazur. We did uh, we talked a lot about that Cavs Mavericks game. And what can be done defensively for the Cavs as they now embark on a tougher schedule coming up. So make sure you check out my Twitter account, at Nordonia Sports. Um, or you can just type in my name, spelled D-A-R-A-Y-U-S-S-E-T-H-N-A. You can also check out my Spotify account. You can type in my name, D-A-R-A-Y-U-S-S-E-T-H-N-A, there as well. And you should be able to access all of my shows and episodes with Ray Horner as well. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me this week in another edition of the Cleveland Sports Show. We hope that Andrew, yeah, AJ Thompson, unfortunately not able to be with us this week, but hopefully he will join us next week as we will have a lot to dissect with the Browns and the Steelers as well as the upcoming schedule for the Cavs. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and I will see you next time on the Cleveland Sports Show.